welcome back to the Macam in the Middle podcast and another preview ahead of another league game, which is of course Chris QPR. Sorry, I thought I said Crystal Palace there. QPR at home tomorrow, 3 pm kickoff. Another tough game. Um, plenty to talk about going into it. And I am joined by, of course, a QPR fan, otherwise Uppy Rs, known as on Twitter. How are you getting on, mate? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to the game, as I'm sure you are as well. Um, we'll get straight into it. Obviously, it's been a Good start of the season for Sunderland so far. Um, one draw at home to Coventry and then a 3-2 win away to Bristol City. And of course, QPR's opening fixture did see them lose 1-0 to Blackburn, who I think are still top of the league, if I'm not mistaken. And then a 3-2 win against Middlesbrough. Um, so looking at them two games, obviously we'll get into the cup game as well, but um, it was only, only a few days ago. But them two open league games, what did you take away from them? I think... Um... Looking at Blackburn, it was. I think there was a lot of fatigue that same with Blackburn. We didn't offer anything really on the um, on the attack, but defensively, I thought we looked we looked well good. You know, we we did concede the one goal, which in classic QPR fashion was a screamer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we didn't seem to to offer anything um, on the attack. It just seemed very bare. But defensively, we looked good. And then um, Chrissy Willock returned for. Uh, Borough and I mean just blew them out of the water. It was it was yeah. it was fantastic. You know, I think the first half we were by far the better team. I mean we were, we were running rings around them, um, and then we conceded the goal on the brink of our time. I think that's the reason why we ended up struggling so much into the second half because you know when you're conceding the goal, taking the lead from three goals to two on the edge of uh, half time, it's it's always going to end badly. But we managed to hold off and some defensive heroics and. Yeah, no, it's, 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 been, it's been all right. It's been all right so far. Yeah. Obviously, looking at that Blackburn game, I think QPR did slightly have more possession than Blackburn, but didn't actually have a shot on target in the game. Was that down to Blackburn just being very good defensively, or did QPR just, were they not really at the races in terms of offering an offensive threat? I think a bit of both. I think there were several opportunities that we had to get into the uh, Blackburn half, but um, sorry, Blackburn box, but I think Blackburn shut us down quite well defensively. And I think, yeah, as well, just just we weren't at the races. I think obviously missing Willock is 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 a big big pointer of that. And you know, I think ultimately we needed to offer more. I think that with Michael Beal was a bit of a show to say, okay, what do we need to do? And you know, like so Lyndon Dice need to start running about a bit more, but. Test the formation as well, and 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 yeah, I think it just was not our day. Yeah, and I was in Middlesbrough game. I think everyone saw the goal that Chris Willick scored, and I think that will come the end of the season still be one of the best goals of the season. But you did go three 0 up um, within, I think it was about 36, 38 minutes, one of the two, and obviously Middlesbrough did score two later on in the game. Was that a case of QPR kind of just taking the foot off the pedal a little bit and let Middlesbrough back into the game? Yeah, definitely. I think when we went three 0 up, it was almost like party season because, you know, Middlesbrough up there as some of the favourites to go up this season. So, you know, most of us went into it with the intention to, you know, be happy with a point. Um, yeah. And then when we started scoring the goals in the way that we were, it was just we were on dreamland. I think at three 0 the game management maybe lacked a bit because he was just going to sit back and, and kind of let them do their thing. And then, you know, QPR when they go a few goals up, they get a bit lazy and a bit sloppy and a bit too mm. content and I think that's ultimately why we did concede two goals because we you know the first one was just laziness and it went in and then the second one was based on it was a bit of a shock because we had already conceded one so I think 
think it's a bit of both, a bit of laziness and a bit of just um, being too comfortable with the, with the current result of score. Yeah. Now, if you've signed four players so far and there is still, what, just under three weeks left of the window, so I'd imagine there will be a couple more come through the door for you. But Clark Salter, Kenneth Powell, Tyler Roberts and, of course, Taylor Richards on loan from Brighton, um, two of which will, of course, be missing the game on Saturday, which we will get into. Yeah. How much more business do you think QPR need to do to be able to challenge for, for kind of top six, which I imagine is where a lot of people would expect them to be this season? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, really, because, you know, going into last season, we was tipped to go up and you know get top top six etc and you know up until about January when we got all the injuries we did we were in the top four consistently um and it's quite funny to see um you know we've not lost many players we've lost Yohan Barbe and we've lost Andre Gray and Charlie Austin um so we've still got that core that big strong big strong team out there and now we're getting tipped for you know bottom bottom half and, and and stuff like that so it's a bit confusing to me I think we need the right back and we need a strike. Obviously, the right back's set to be announced today. Ethan Laird, um, not sure much about him, but I've heard he's decent. So, yeah. Um, I think that's on yeah, loan with an option to buy as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, as far as I'm aware, which, you know, would be great for us because we have lacked in the right back position for a while. Yeah. But, um, no, I, you know, it, it seems a bit greedy to say after winning three, uh, sorry, scoring three goals, it's we need a striker. But I do think that is what we need. And yeah. I think maybe two, two more, maybe, maybe a winger. Or a central attacking midfielder or, and, a, and a striker, really. That's, that's what I feel we need to get that top six. Yeah. And obviously, this season, you know, we're, we're two games in to the league season, obviously, three if you include the cup game. So, in terms of league positions and results at, at this stage, it doesn't really mean anything. But, you know, looking at the teams that have dropped points so far, the likes of Norwich, who, you know, yeah. they always seem to do well in the championship. Burnley came down, they were tipped to be right up there. In terms of competition, this season's championship is probably up there with one of the hardest to, you know, compete in. Definitely. Um, but I suppose that also goes hand in hand with um, with the whole relegated teams. You know, I think part of the reason why we've got, you know, teams like Sunderland that are spending quite a bit of money. Um, you know, you've come up and you and you put a nice, nice amount of money in, but that's because you're building a championship team rather than having it pre-built and adding to it. Yeah. Um, I think clubs like like yourselves doing that, and you know Wigan spend a bit of money, people people like that. You know it it shows how competitive it is also because as much as you know Burnley want to come down and throw you know fifteen million at a big big group of players putting together, it doesn't almost you know it doesn't always guarantee results. So I think it might be the most competitive championship championship season that has gone on for a very very long time. But I think as it is the championship, I think there will be a few surprises. I don't think the likes of Burnley. Yeah. And, and and Watford and Norwich actually have kind of realised that this championship is a very competitive place. I think, I think that's the thing as well this season. Normally in the championship, obviously every other season it seems, Fulham in here, you'd put a bet on Fulham to go up. You wouldn't even get any money back from it because they would be favourites. They'd be almost guaranteed to get promoted. Yeah, I don't think there's a single team in the league this season that you could say hand on heart will get promoted to come the end of the year. No, I, I don't think. I, to be honest, I don't. I think if there was one that I was considering potentially being that, it's Middlesbrough. But after seeing them against us, no, I, I don't. I don't think this season there is a clear favourite. Um, no, not at all. Do you think that benefits QPR going forward? Obviously, you know they've been stuck in the Championship for a while now. They will want to be back in the Premier League. Having that kind of unknown quantity as as to what the league will, you know, contain this season, does that help QPR? 
Um, I think I think in certain in certain ways it does because I think every time there is expectation on 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 your hands, it makes things a little bit more difficult. But you know, I think ultimately I don't think as much as we'd like to get out the championship. Um, I also think we've started. You know, we've got a new gaffer who's never managed before. Um, so I think, it, to be honest, as much as it would probably benefit us, I don't think we're necessarily aiming for that. I think we're kind of aiming to mm. maybe scrape playoffs um, and just, just kind of rebuild. But we've been rebuilding for a very long time now, so who knows? Yeah. And obviously, I touched on it before. There are quite a few players missing for this game on Saturday for QPR. Clark Salter and Kenneth Powell. Is it Kenneth Powell or Powell? I've never actually known how to pronounce that name. I think it's uh, Powell. Powell. Well, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, obviously, them two are missing. They are two of the four mid signings you've made. Chris Willick, obviously, he scored that scream against Middlesbrough. He's expected to miss. And, of course, Luke Amos as well. I mentioned that on, on Twitter. I put a tweet out, obviously, you know, because a lot of Sunderland fans won't have known that. And some Sunderland fans won't really know how much that will impact the game. But I think there was one QPR fan said they would need a 4-0 handicap to be able to get anything out of this game now. Are them four players been missing for this game that much of a of an impact? Oh, I think if you were to pick out four players that you wouldn't want to be out, it would be them four. Um, I think Clark Salter in particular has been, you know, when he's been playing, he's been fantastic. But we have got, you know, just as good, if not a better centre back in Jimmy Dunn. So I'm not as worried about that. Yeah. Um, but left back is 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 a big concern with Paul being out. We've got a young lad. Well, I say young. He's been here about seven years now. He's 25. Nico Hamelainen, who, not to not to disrespect him, but he's just not good enough for this level and he's very sloppy. You see it in the cup game on on Tuesday. So um yeah, no, I think them two, but the main one, Willock, is is a oh, I mean I mean that is just a huge loss. You know, we've, we've, Chris Willock scored eighteen goals and assists last season. Yeah. I mean that's a big, big amount of uh chances created and goals to, to be missed. So um you know, I know it's hit and miss. Michael Bill hasn't decided yet, but you know, there'll be a massive miss. We've got a little bit of depth in the areas. Um as a few exciting youngsters that, that might get the chance. So yeah, it's it's probably probably gonna be a bit of a tough one for us, I think. Yeah. Because Chris Willick is the player that, you know, if QPR score a goal, it, it seems to be he's involved in it, whether it's the build up, the assist, or obviously scoring the goal. You know, he scored some bangers. Obviously, that's goal against Middlesbrough. He scored quite a few last season. I remember seeing across Twitter. Him being missing, does that change how QPR will approach the game? Will they you know, kind of look to maybe play for the point more than they would have if he was available? Um, I think having... I mean, I spoke to Mick Beale, um at the kit reveal and um, he said that this season he, he doesn't want to be doing things like just aiming for the point. Um, yeah. So I think we will still be going for the wing. We've got win, rather. Um, you know, we've got the likes of um, Ilias Chair, yeah. um, and, and, he, and he can he can do well for us, and Lyndon Dykes, etc. And um, I, I'd be surprised if we didn't come out with a bit of tenacity and, and, and want to get the win. But I would take a draw myself. I think Sunderland's a hard place to go. It's, it's, it's a trek, so. Yeah. A point for me would, would, wouldn't be terrible. It's probably one of the furthest away games for you, is it? Oh yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, by far. I was actually uh, just looking at it the other day. Sunderland is is one hell of a trek. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few London clubs in their championship, isn't there? In terms of you know distances to if you were to go to an away game, there are quite a few teams closer, aren't there? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously the the rivals, you know, your Chelsea, your Brentford, your Fulham are all gone up Premier League now. So, you know, you've got Millwall, Watford down the road. Um, yeah, there's a few there's a few not too far from us. So Luton as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's nice to have the Jordies back in the uh, in the league though. I like that. That's yeah. Always absolutely. good to me. Obviously, Sunderland did get knocked out of the cup as well. Um, and we're not really going to touch on that, but that did put an end to what was the, the longest unbeaten run across all of England's four divisions. It was 18 games unbeaten in all, competi- all, all competitive fixtures. It's hard one to say that. Um, but, of course, the league run still continues since Alex Neil came in, just one league defeat since he was appointed manager. Sunderland will, of course, you know, with them being at home, it'll be 36 towards 40,000 there again on Saturday. They will yeah. want to win, um, at least certainly not want to lose. How does that play into the mind of you know the QPR players knowing that Sunderland have been unbeaten for that long? Um, I think had it been in the Championship, I think it would be a little bit more of a... Of a pardon me, that was a very loud... <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think had it been in the Championship, I think it would be a big kind of scary prospect. But yeah. due to the fact it was in League One, I don't think it would be as huge... But I think I'll definitely be mentioned in the in the pre-game talks and the build-up with 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 Mick Bill because he you know he him himself has has said about you know never write anyone off, never underestimate anyone. I think that will probably be something that he's touched on. You know the unbeaten run, and you know no matter what league it is, it's, it takes incredibly good management and, and and game management to go 18 games unbeaten. So that will definitely be something. Um, but I'm hoping not. Um, it won't reflect on the pitch. Yeah. In terms of the teams, obviously Sunderland performance against Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup was, was very poor and there wasn't really any players that stood out there that you know will play any part in the game on Saturday, really, certainly not in the start eleven. So in terms of Sunderland, I'd imagine it'll be an unchanged eleven, which of course was Patterson, Daniel Ballard, Danny Bart, Dennis Serkin, Lyndon Gooch, Corby Evans, Daniel, Jack Clark, Alex Pritchard, Ellis Sims, and Ross Stewart up front. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. If you had to predict the starting eleven for QPR for tomorrow's game, what would it look like? Oh, so in goal it'd be Dieng. Um right back is obviously we've not got the right back in yet, so it'll probably be Kakai. Um centre backs will be Dicky and Dunn. Left back will probably be Hammerlinen. Um it'll probably be a four three three. So in the midfield it'll be Samfield, um, Stephen Johansson and probably Andre Dazel with a front three will be chair. Ooh, it'd be chair. I'd imagine Lyndon Dykes up front as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Lind- Lyndon Dykes um, will we'll start up front, and then I would say on the right hand side we might end up going Shadipo, but I do think there is potential for um, Tyler Roberts to start as well because he scored a fantastic goal yeah. against Charlton midweek. So that would be my uh, my prediction. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, Sunderland have this curse where pretty much every ex-player that comes up against us tends to score against us. Tom Flanagan did last season, Connor Wickham, um, off the top of my head, so many more, Darren Bent, everyone that used to play for us tends to score against us. And of course, Jimmy Dunn did spend a season on loan at Sunderland. I don't know if he scored many goals for QBR since he signed, um, but I'd imagine from set pieces especially, he will pose a threat for QBR. Well, I uh, say that, he scored against Borough, didn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, he scored against Borough. Um, just gone. So, yeah, he, he provides he provides massively top tier aerial ability. I don't know how good he was with you guys, but mm. I mean for us, he's been you know night and day. He's been fantastic for us. So, 
Um, yeah, you know, he, he scored against Borough, um, so it won't, I wouldn't mind him scoring two in a row. But um, on that subject, it terrifies me the prospect of conceding to uh, to uh, Jack Clark. So yeah, oh, he, he spent a season on order keeper, didn't he? I he seem did. to forget that one. He did. You know, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. When I saw you bought him and what you bought him for, I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, what, what, what do you see in him? But obviously, he's someone that maybe works for certain teams and for us he just he just yeah. didn't didn't kick it off but I, I can see the ability he has and he does I think I think that's the thing with lawn players as well and it's what I've always said especially you know Patrick Roberts is another great example of that where he's what I think he's 24 years old possibly 25 soon yeah 25. and Sunderland is the first you know real club he's had because he signed for Man City never really played for them went on loan Derby he's been on loan to Celtic um, yeah. I think he was on loan at Middlesbrough, similar to Jack Clark, signed for Tottenham from Leeds, never really played for Tottenham, just kept going out on loan. It is hard for a player to, you know, kind of fulfil the potential when you don't know where you're going to be playing the season after. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I, I've interviewed a few of the young lads at QPR and, and, and they were saying, like, it's very difficult when it comes to like loans because the you know the mental side of football is just important. That kind of you know yeah. when you're an established player in a team, you've got an idea of where you're going to be playing, so you know what to practice, what to try and strengthen. So, yeah. you know, in Jack Clark, where does he play for you on the right hand side or, or? He tends well at the minute left wing back. Yeah, see that that's that's maybe what's the interesting side because for us he was put on the right hand side. So, you know, I think I think you're right. I think. You know, once they've established a specific position, that's when you start to see what they can really do. I mean, you look at Harry Kane, the way he was, you yeah. know, he went, he had plenty of failed loan spells. He's played centre mid, Cam, and, you know, he came good when he was put up front. So, yeah, I think yeah. it was back on. Wouldn't mind Jack Clark to reach them heights. I yeah. have to admit. <laughs> Last but not least, another time to put you on the spot to score predictions. Um, I'm going to go with a, a 2 0 Sunderland win based off of QPR fans being so. You know, dreading the fact that they've got four key players missing. Sunderland, like I say, unbeaten in, I think it's still 17 or 18 league fixtures. With being at home as well, I'd probably go with a 2 0 Sunderland win. I'm sure yeah. you're going to go with slightly different, though. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that I would give advice to any clubs that, you know, you ask in their position ignore QPR fans. They yeah. are the most negative, <laughs> reactionary people about me being one of them. You know, I think this weekend is going to be a tough game. I think going as far as, as, as Sunderland for an away game is always tough. You know, we we don't have, you know, we have an all right record against you guys. Um, obviously, the cup, we won't talk about that. But um, uh, it's going to be tough. I don't think that it's going to be a, a, a whitewash. I think Yeah. I want to be positive, but I think we'll, I think it'll be a two-all draw. I think we can still score goals with the quality that we have up top. Um, you know, likes of Chair and, and players like that that are still in the team. But I just think defensively we're going to struggle with the current situation of our left and right back. So I'll go for a two-all, and I wouldn't be wouldn't be too disappointed with that at all. Yeah, and of course that would maintain Sunderland's unbeaten start of the season. So I don't think many Sunderland fans would be against that. But of course, three yeah. points are always important. But that is all the time for today. I appreciate you coming on and talking about the game with me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. We will, of course, have a reaction to Saturday's game out on Sunday, talking about the game. And then, of course, another game is coming up on Wednesday, I think it is. I believe it's Stoke away. I could be wrong on that one. Um, I think it is. So we'll have a preview out for that. And, of course, any more podcasts in the future will be posted on Twitter as well. So it's been a pleasure. But until next time, we will see you later. <laughs>
That's all, folks.